This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised. Recording. Um, all right. Three, two, one. Whoa. Welcome back, Murder Chronicles Nation. Uh, and Carolyn is back to her old ways of finding the craziest fucking people to do a podcast episode about. So, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> yeah, I know. This one is like running on all cylinders of like what is going on. Gosh. And and I love your pulp title, Terror at the Farmhouse. Right? That's like, that's yeah. But it is. It is. I'm like, what is this title? It's kind of cheesy. But then I listened to the the, the episode. I went, oh my gosh! How else could you describe what happened there to kids? Right? To unsuspecting, like adults that are like in need and that like need a leg up, and they wind up walking into the woof. Uh, really really brutal so um but but before we get to that um hi how, how, how are you oh i thought you said i i'm no. i'm doing great how yeah. are you family's good yeah, yeah everything's good yeah great. Just what got about you? Go, yeah i just got back i had my kids at the dentist today um they got their mother's teeth thankfully because they're great um i had i had notoriously not soft teeth but uh deep deep uh anatomy in my teeth right mm-hmm. so so food would get jammed down in there like on the you know and couldn't so i had a ton of cavities tell it to, tell it to me brother right tons of cavities growing up and then when uh i left home when i was pretty young and i came out to la and the first dentist i went to he said uh he goes how come you didn't get blah 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 procedure when you were as soon as all your grown-up teeth came in i went what the fuck are you talking about he said there's like a a liquid kind of ceramic kind of treatment that fills in those super deep crevices in your, in your tooth anatomy and would have prevented all of that. I went, Oh, son of a bitch, small town, Jersey dentist didn't even probably know the word ceramic (laughs) where I went. You know, I know my kids live in a different world. Like it's, it's like how they can do the sealants and it's like, what what did we go through? Yeah. We went through pain. Yeah. I, I know. I know. And my husband grew up in Denver. So apparently they have this like, great fluoride system so his teeth are like freaking kryptonite and you know so i get what you're saying unfortunately mine are not the same and um i'm like every time he comes back and it's just like great another great dental review right yeah man i never had one good dental dental visit when i was a kid 
when I was mm-hmm. and, I, and my my first dentist was like right out of Rocky Horror. Okay, uh, <laughs> he'll be a dentist. This guy, you know, and he, and, <laughs> and he died young, and that and that, that's a tragedy. Um, but he um he was he was like a football coach, right? Like I'm like nine and on the ceiling with pain, and he would like call me a wimp. You're being a wimp, Brandon. Take it, and it hurt so much. And it turned me and I'm and talk it, about how the world changes, right? right? No yeah. gloves, right? Just no, you know, mask, just dirty ass man fingers in your face, right? It was crazy. And it turned me off to the dentist so much. I had such a paralyzing fear of going to the dentist into my adulthood, okay? That like five yeah. years ago, five years ago, I get in this terrible car accident that almost kills me, okay? And when I finally get out of the hospital and I recover, uh, I needed like reconstructive, like spinal surgery on my cervical spine. I have like a titanium spine. Let me see the scar down here. They had like rebuild my spine. So, oh my God. My pre-op, right? And my pre-op before the surgery, the surgeon's like, all right, on any meds. And I'm like, yeah, I'm taking a fucking buttload of Advil like every day. He goes, why? I said, well, I got a tooth that hurts and I hate the dentist. And he looks at it, he goes, okay, I can't, I can't operate on you until you get that fixed because it's in your lower jaw. And that infection is close to the surgical area and it could be bad. So you have to go to the dentist. So I was forced to go to the dentist. Yeah. Dentist looks at my mouth and she goes, damn. <laughs> right? You got some problems. <laughs> and I felt like such a scumbag. And uh, near, 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 near. Right. So they looked okay on the surface, right? But it was that there was an issue. There were tons of issues. So what she did, she fixed, did the root canal and the thing. I got the surgery. I recovered from the surgery, and I go back to see her, and she says, "All right, we're we're dividing your mouth into four quadrants: upper right, lower right, upper left, lower left, and we'll do one quadrant every three months because." You're going to feel fucked up after all of this work. I needed like six crowns and like three root canals. And I had like 11 cavities. It was really bad. It was really bad. But she was so good. My fear of the dentist is completely evaporated. You know, I have dental anxiety too. I I, I have to, I don't like to talk about it a lot because people think, what the fuck? Just go to the dentist. But it's like, when you have that anxiety, it's not, it's not the same. And it's like. You go there, your heart's got palpitations. Yeah, it's and like, what is the anxiety for you? What like what is it? Are you waiting for the pain to hit? That's what it was for me. No, waiting no, for it terrible. I, you know what? It's it's deeper than that. It's it's like my mom with her hand situation when I was a kid, where her hands crunched and they thought she'd yeah. be in a wheelchair. She gave that, and and I know she didn't mean to do it, but yeah. that anxiety of impending doom whenever yeah. you go. And just being that vulnerable in that place. And they, they always like give you the worst news possible. Well, you know what? Like you right. said, we got to do four quadrants. You yeah, know? Like, it was brutal. My mom, my mom passed on. My mom passed on a crippling fear of spiders to me. Okay. And um, until my, until my oldest daughter turned five and we had a petting zoo come to the house and he had like a, a, a tarantula the size of my face. Okay. Yeah. And I look out and he had the spider on my daughter's head and she's like, well, like posing for the fucking Instagram pictures and shit. Right. And I went, all right. She's like, daddy, come let the spider crawl on you. And I went, okay. Cause I'm not going to like piss myself in front of my daughter. Cause I'm so scared. So I went and I faced yeah, that yeah. shit complete in the moment exposure, you. exposure therapy, 
and I and I I held this spider in my hand and it started like crawling up my arm and I went, yeah, great. It's so soft. Shitting my pants. Okay. Oh my gosh. But, that's great though. But did it and it felt like in my mind, the spider was on me for like a, an hour and a half. All right. I watched yeah. the video afterwards and it was like four seconds. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever watch Fear Factor? I didn't. No, because they would do shit that would scare me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's great that you were able to. So you don't have any fears of spiders at no. all now. No, I'm the guy that will go catch a spider and save its life. Yeah. Yeah. Like completely swung the other way. Yeah. Same thing with 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 dentists, wow. and spiders, and I used to never be able to get in an elevator because of claustrophobia. Like I take the stairs, even if it's like thirty flights. Um, but I do that. You and, and I are such, you and I are such fucking weirdos. Because, <laughs> but, but facing, I you face the fears. I know, but can yeah. you walk up a ladder? Yeah, I'm not superstitious at all. I'm not superstitious okay. at all. I don't knock on wood. I walk under ladders, all that shit. Like I was afraid of like ice baths for a long time, but now I do them almost. I do them almost every day. Right? It's great. Why? I, What's because- wrong with? ice bath it would just scare me it would just scare me right i don't know why but now but now it's almost become unhealthy where i seek out things that scare me so i can confront them you know wow, that yeah is good. yeah but but a little little too much like i'm starting to thinking about like oh maybe i want to like challenge a stranger to a fight because that scares me and that's stupid right so yeah, that is dumb. yeah i know <laughs> i know sure. But I'm prone to taking things to to the extreme. Well, if you're gonna start a fight with someone, Michelle Notek is now <laughs> out of prison. I couldn't believe. I don't. That. I don't know if you'll win. I don't. I don't want to go near her. I don't want to get any of it on me. You know what I mean? She's. <laughs> yeah. It's just. Oh. So let's talk about that. Nice segue, by the way. That was brilliant. Um. So. So Tara at the farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, very cinematic opening. That, that you gave us very visual, you know, this, this poor human creature struggling and suffering, right. And mostly nude and like covered in mud and shit, just awful. And we're like, how the fuck are we going to end up here? Right. And, and you got us there. <laughs> okay. You got us there. So, so tell it, give us a little bit of background, like how you found the story and why it. I did it. Crazy. Shelly did. Crazy Shelly yeah. brought us there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't know how I, you know, I think, I don't even remember how I came upon this story. I think it's kind of like when I heard about the wallowing, I mean, that really, really, and, and, and I felt really conflicted when I first heard about the story about the kids. Yeah. And I was like, I'm kind of a little bit, had a little bit of shame about it because at first I was really upset with the kids. And then after I've thought about it and I've, read their interviews and I haven't read the book that um, Greg Olson, who's a really well-known yeah. author nationally, but also from the Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, it's just one of those things when, when parents turn their kids into monsters is I understand it so much more now than when I first started doing uh, or doing true crime, basically, you know, I, I felt like, I understand psychologically kind of more, but my knee jerk reaction was like, how could these kids do this to poor Kathy? You know, yeah. but um, I do think that it's like, that's how the mind works when you're in a cult or you're um, 
twisted around by somebody. A and little Stockholm maybe. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, what, what was your reaction to the children? Like, I'm, it's funny, uh, the parallel, not really a parallel, but I'm reading um, Kill a Mockingbird to my daughter right now. Okay. Oh, that's my favorite book. Yeah. So, and we're at the part now where uh, the Cunningham kid with the, where we learn about the Cunningham family and the scout's new teacher isn't um, familiar with all of like the, 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 basically the caste system going on in Macomb County where the Cunningham kid is fucking dirty and no shoes and he's in overalls and, and, and the teacher goes to give him a quarter for lunch and he won't take it. Right. And so, you, and you find out that the Cunningham's they're super, super poor. They get by on nothing. They don't take anything from anybody and they're not going to. Okay. And that's how the kids grew up. And that's how they are. You could be, you could offer them a hundred bucks, like for free and they just won't take it because these kids were conditioned when they were young. That's not what we do. We don't need handouts. We don't need this. You go to school for the first day. So the truant officer sees you there and then you come back and you get back in the fucking fields and like all that. And so it reminded me a little bit, a little bit of that is that is, you know, and, and, and <laughs> I'm going to get roasted for this, but uh, I used to think Anne Rand was a really big thinker when I was in high school, right? <laughs> and, and she wrote a line in uh, in the Fountainhead where she wrote, uh, "Man's character is the product of his premises." Okay, and so it's how these kids grew up, right? And and so what do you expect to happen? You know, do you expect them to be super well adjusted and and you know, members of society that that are contributing to the greater good. I think that's 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 not a realistic expectation. Well, I think that, and I'm going to do this because I don't remember exactly what the study was, but I think it took place back in the 1960s, and basically they had students come in and and they became the jailers, and the over students who were prisoners. Are you familiar with that study? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and basically. Yeah. And so then they turned into these freaking tyrants Absolutely. and we're literally giving them electric shock. Yep. And so I was thinking a lot oh about it's crazy. Right? Yeah. You know, and, and how the brain kind of processes this stuff. It's so reptilian. It's, it's so, so reptilian. Like, is it like, so I mean, primal. is it, is it, is it, you know, is it like a cycle of abuse? Like if you were abused, you're going to be an abuser if, or, or like you want to get some kind of, cosmic revenge all of this shit happened to me i just want to find a weaker person so i can victimize them and that'll that'll make me feel better but it never does but you don't know that when you're a kid you know it's 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 just so toxic we'll be back after a quick break this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. It's so, I think for most people, it's really hard to understand. I had a friend once and, um, I was really upset about something mm -hmm. and I went to this person and actually revealed something that I was really upset about, you know, and, and this person, I remember looked at me 
and I could see the, 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 her lips kind of curl upward and into this weird kind of like, uh huh, smile. And it was the first insight into this person. She's no longer a friend, but like she was somehow getting pleasure. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude, right? Isn't that the German word? Schadenfreude. Freud. Yeah. Schadenfreude. Yeah. Somehow. Like I saw it in that little, and I'm not saying she's a serial killer. I'm just saying that I could tell based on her reaction. And I was like, really like coming to her, you know, and um, it creeped me out. And I feel like this is the tip of the iceberg with that, where somebody for whatever reason gets off on, on you struggling, on you being beaten down and abused and like the kids with the with the pubic hair and like watching them like laugh like most people are not going to understand this it's the same way where guys get off on you know know, the violentization of sex and it's really about power of course well that's uh who's that oscar wilde not about the sex although it takes that form but it's about power oscar wilde he said everything is about sex except sex sex is about power Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Fucking, yes. What a weirdo that guy was. Oh. It's like, you know, how else do you, how, <laughs> yeah. Um, I love Dorian Gray. I mean, that's like one of my sure. favorite, Absolutely. favorite, you know, I mean, it's, it's, that's what this woman was, right? Speaking of Oscar Wilde. Oh, Jesus. So let's talk about this this gosh these punishments that would be doled out these hum- these these just the abject humiliation yeah that you would put wallowing you gotta you gotta just roll around you gotta strip down and just and just humiliate and degrade yourself for her enjoyment in the mud yeah and then get sprayed down with ice cold water yeah okay yeah. right awesome then <laughs> and then hey Jump off the fucking roof. You better take your shoes off first. God damn it. Now jump off the roof. Right. Into the gravel. Into the gravel. gravel. Yeah. Okay. So you're hobbled. You have a couple of broken legs and huge open gashes on your feet. Don't worry. I got some boiling water and bleach. Clear that right up. (laughs) It's insane. Where the fuck do you get this? Right? Like, where does that, where does someone... Like, well, what? I think what happened is it, it started with her brothers. Yeah. You know, it started with the brothers. We're like, why would you? Okay, you got little brothers. And instead of bonding together, you right. are cracking a sock full of a, you know, Coke bottle. And then you're putting it into their shoes. Broken glass I mean, in their I, shoes. Yeah. Clearly, it's a ramping up. It's the ramping up, causing drama, accusing loved ones of abuse that didn't happen, right. allegedly didn't happen. And then, you know, she feeds off of it. She feeds off of that. So where does it start? That's the thing. I know that's a larger kind of psychological question, but like, if there isn't, if if you go back in to, through her ancestry and, and you see your mom and dad, we're like super well-adjusted and, you know, and business people or public servants or whatever that, that lived and died abiding by the law and they came from the, and they, and they're in the, you know, five generations back, a family of, you know, European immigrants that came over or, or whatever, whatever American story is. Right. And then 
Was this woman just born with a <clears throat> fucking screw loose or like some mental defect? You know, I think that it's hard to know. It could yeah. be a com in her case, I would probably say a little bit of both because it yeah. sounds like, you know, her mom was very unstable and she had yeah, a really rocky, you know, a really rock. But but again, you know, it's kind of that nature versus nurture situation. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's it's hard to like, for example, one of the cases that I'm researching right now is the um, which has already been done many times, but. I just interviewed the detective that uh, worked the Night Stalker case. Oh, great. And um, yeah, and he was talking about how- It was in LA, right? Yeah, it was in yeah. LA. Right. It was in LA and San Francisco. Right, okay. Um, but but the detective was basically, I asked him the question about, you know, was Richard Ramirez nature versus nurture? I had read an, um, a quote from a psychiatrist who basically said, we, you know, based on his- childhood which was severely you know he had just like the worst childhood ever and just was i mean i'm not going to go into it here but he's like he was definitely not born necessarily a serial killer whereas some and it sounds so like maybe are. michelle notek you Why know different. was born right you speaking know of, but speaking of night stalker i used to have a boss years ago uh who you know from la and when the night when California, LA was in the grips of the like the guy was still out there and was fucking you know killing people, that a, like a percentage, like a high percentage, like almost probably not all, but most of the victims lived in like light blue houses, like a block from a freeway entrance. Okay, and my boss lived in a light blue house, a block from a freeway entrance in the valley, and so like the FBI was like staked out there. Right. And any any house that fit the description that fit into his pattern as they were developing the profile. Um, and he was like, Oh yeah, great. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Right. I, I know. And that's the terrifying. thing about this house that she lived in just looked perfect with the mailbox with the little I could just see the prints and the stars, like, come on, kids, you know, being out in the yard. And it was all bullshit. So the fact that two of her kids wound up it was two of them, right? They wound up coming back and 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 taking her down. That's, right. that's what's that so impressive the, about it, you right? Know? And that's the, their little sister was still there. Yeah, and, and they went and back. They for, to, so that's a right. stronger bond. A stronger bond is, I think, siblings rather than will overcome fear of abuse or fear of a of a terrible parent or whatever. Like they get old enough to figure it out. Um, but um, <clears throat> but so backing up a little bit. You know, a lot of your stories um, have some similarities, right? And, and, and in this one is, you know, very unlucky in love, this woman, All right, apparently, right? Like married, child, divorced, married, child, divorced, married, right? She was like on her third husband by the time they moved into this farmhouse, correct? Well, I don't think it was unlucky in love. I think that she sabotaged and like chase those guys away with her manipulation and like who wouldn't run away from that like i can't believe david notech didn't like okay the second she starts abusing me he stuck around still where maybe the other ones were like i'm out of here yeah what would make you stick around like what like well, the, well domestic violence go you know does go towards men too you know clearly he was in that cycle well, and I think that that's why more, probably why more men don't come forward because of the stigma of it in a different 
different way than it is for women, you know? Yeah. I mean, what, how could you even show based on our society, show your face if you came and said, yeah, my wife just totally beat me. <laughs> I mean, you're laughing and I had to stop. I am not. Myself because I knew you were going to laugh, but it's true. So, so yes, that's, a, that's, that's a, a fair point that you made that I honestly, embarrassingly eluded me about how men could be, uh, subject to that level of abuse over an extended period because if you're at the hands of a really talented abuser which she obviously was because she had a lot of practice because it's not just physical right someone who's more powerful than you you have to have some kind of emotional or psychological control over them as well which i'm sure she knew those levers to pull as well oh yeah yeah and then and then the physical abuse starts and then you're in a cycle of humiliation and 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 torment and and verbal abuse and emotional abuse and then back to the physical abuse because you feel like now you deserve it and so the next thing you know you know it's man that's crazy i mean you know shane was going to come forward and it's like and there was an interview with the daughter later and she's like i don't know why i did that i don't know why i went and told my mom which i think that that's a really honest answer like she didn't know what would happen you know she's a kid and somebody could say why why did you you know what shelly's crazy shelly's gonna do you know what she's capable of you've seen her but it's like you know you're not these are not fully developed adults these are kids and you know in an impossible situation you know so talk about um one of the interview subjects the brother of one of the victims that guy was yeah. great. That was great. He's very angry, as he should be. Very, very angry. Yeah. Uh, and to hear him talk about it, um, like he talks kind of quickly in some points because he wants to just get through it, right? You know, he doesn't yeah. want it to sit in his mind for too long, is my opinion of of how yeah. he's oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like describing like the steel toe boots, kicking her in the face, kicking the head, like all that kind of shit. And then and they just the broken jaw. Imagine having a broken jaw for fucking six days. Well, and that's what I sounded as I was listening, re-listening to it. I was like, my question seems so dumb, but it's like, how do you recover from that? I, like, what, what a great line. Be- you don't. Right. Then that's why I kept that in there because he's so yeah. right. Because it's like, I'm still processing kind of as he's telling me this. And it's like, you know, if there was any possible way that she could have, they would have just kept her in a cave living with a broken jaw wallowing and everything else i mean she lost over a hundred pounds i mean yeah, it, yeah. But, but that was not even related to the broken jaw. Right. eventually her, yeah. whole, her right. whole time there and then this whole thing of starving and then giving her rotten food like can you even imagine like the kind of what are you getting off on watching someone forcing them to eat rotten food this is what i said to you yesterday before you know, and we stopped. I said, I'll save it for, for the recording. But like, what is her motivation? Like, why was she, was it just pure sadism? Like, that's it? I like to see other people suffer. Yes. Like, that's it? it has to be. I mean, what else could it be? And this is how, I mean, like, she probably just, her eyes just drank it in. Like, yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Like going back to, Times Square Torso Killer, the Confessions episode, where you know you feel like God 
when the guy said that, he said, you know, God doesn't decide who dies. God decides who lives kind of thing. Right. And so she must maybe felt a lot of power. She must have felt a lot of power when she was really making every decision in the lives of her captors. And, and keeping them and, and keeping them yeah. in fear and keeping them, keeping them in fear, keeping them in a constant state of humiliation and, and degradation and shame and all that. Yeah, it's a, that's it was that's brutal. That is brutal. And then and then these and then these unsuspecting other, you know, like, oh, I'm going to help you out and you can move in and blah, blah, blah. And it'll be great. And just start it all over again. Another victim. And then they and then they they, they shoot the kid. Right. Eventually they, they shoot him. They burn him. Right. They. Uh, uh, it's never nice to hear like what, what was it? A, uh, a homemade. That's it. A homemade crematorium. You got some fucking problems if you're like, hey, you know what we need? We need an at-home crematorium just to kind of clean up for our lives. I know. (laughs) I know. And then it took them so long to figure it out, too. You know, like the girls are like, help us, please. You know, and they were right to be like worried that the nothing would happen if they came forward you know more murder chronicles after the break what i can't i can't wrap my mind around and honestly of all of the crazy shit in this episode what sticks out for me is why why make someone jump off the roof well i i don't know like how even, even if you're a sadist right is that the most creative thing you could come up with I just I, 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 I jump off the roof. I want to see you suffer. Jump off the roof. I think that maybe it's the 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 notion that you could make somebody jump off a roof. Like that's a saying. Hey, go jump off a roof. Right, but I'm saying like, why not like heat up a fork on the stove and and burn yourself? Ha ha. Right. At least there's, I there's some I drama know. there. I don't know. Yeah, that's what's. And listen, trying to make sense. To me, to me I really crazy. get with the wallowing. To me, the wallowing is is hands down, like what that says. And having your kids, yeah, being, especially being a mom. Yeah, it's treating someone less than human. It's treating someone, you know, like like a pig. Basically. That's exactly what it, it? That, her term was like. You're gonna need to wallow. I mean, she yep. knew that that's where that term would be coming from. Yeah. A pig's wallow. We're a pig. Fuck. And okay, so fast forwarding to the end of this fucking reign of terror. So uh people actually went to they did some time. They 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 pled, right? They were found guilty, they were sentenced, and then she got out of jail. Because she put it down, she put it down to what? From murder to manslaughter? Well, she took that Alfred plea. We talked about that before. Alfred plea. Yep. Thank you very yep. much. I, I, knew were, I knew what you were talking about. I felt all smart in this episode. I'm like, I know what an mm-hmm. Alfred plea is. Ha ha ha. Heathens. No, I mean, she basically thought she was going to get 18 years. And, and then the deal ended up, the judge was like, no, you're getting no, 22. You're getting all of it. Yeah. Getting all of it. And um, I thought your favorite part would be when he talked about, when the brother talked about the call that he got from the woman who was in prison, her 
alleged ex That was super cool. Yeah, prison romance, right? It got kind of <laughs> sexy for a minute. Yeah. No, it didn't. No, it <laughs> I'm didn't. Kidding. I'm totally oh kidding. God, I'm totally so... kidding. But no, that's, on, that's on my list to talk about because uh, in one of the earlier episodes that I loved, I think still my favorite character in any of your episodes was about who killed the Dermans, that wonderful, <laughs> wonderful female detective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and she mentioned how many Matt. times, Matt, all right, how many times there are these, there are jailhouse confessions. She goes, it happens <laughs> all the time. Where people like yeah. maybe I want some more fucking color TV this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I'm gonna tell on somebody. I'm gonna drop a dime, right? And so this woman's jailhouse girlfriend was like, "Yo, I guess it wasn't true love because uh, this woman betrayed her." Well, and she saw, you know, there there are even. I think that it reminded me of like you know pedophiles in prison are like the worst, right? Like they they get beat up and how there's that pecking the joy in his voice where he heard she was beaten up every day she had to go to oh i know yeah i I know i i i was like yeah because they had they watched that show and they saw and i think that it's like you can't hide right not at all not at all yeah that was a cool part that was a really interesting jailhouse twist that i wasn't that I wasn't expecting, um, but I'm it's, it's I'm still disgusted that she got out, you know. And you could hear the just the 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 shock and the the just complete lack of understanding in his voice. Like I don't get it. Why is she out there? Like why is she out? She yeah. she ended someone's life. She shouldn't have. And he said it. He said like it was so one beautiful and sad and and tragic when he said she shouldn't be able to go out to dinner. You know, and go out and, and enjoy yourself. And he's right. I I I agree. You know, I, I listen. I understand. You know, it's we have a, a judicial system, and if you serve your time, you serve your time. But it's it's obviously imperfect, and this is one of those times. You know, where I think the cumulative, taking everything in its totality of the of the the pain that she inflicted on her children and the people who lost their lives, she should she should relinquish her right to go out to dinner and have a good time. Well, and not only that, but it's like it, her access to seniors and vulnerable people. Like getting beat up in prison for years, like worked for her. Like she's reformed now, you know? Or do you think she came out of there fucking bitter and wanting to hurt people? Was her sadism like sated or was it was it inflamed during her time behind bars? Well, and then also the financial motivation. Clearly she got Mac to, to you know, give over his rewrite his will for sissy and you know she got the money and she got the house you know so she actually it's not just about sadism but i think it's also financial you know manipulating these people getting them to you know when you can have the two sides of you that's what's so scary about these cases is the two sides when someone presents something some way you know, like the bunker guy yes, last week. And what's oh, going on right? inside is completely That still has me fucked up, right? That still has me <laughs> fucked up. Like the patience of that guy. Like I was thinking about it. Like I'm looking at my wife and I'm like, does she have a fucking bunker somewhere? Right? Like is she is she ready to bounce and she's just know, being right? she's just being super cool about it, like this guy, you know? You know. That's cute. I had, I had no choice. 
But um, all right, so uh, uh, again, a delightfully disturbing, disturbing episode. So you're uh, true to form. So thank you, you weirdo. Uh, what's next? You know what? I kind of like keeping you guessing. <laughs> Damn it. I like teasing the audience, but okay. Set a precedent. Yeah, okay. All right, great, great. Keep me guessing. Um, but uh, I want to apologize for this episode. It's going to be a, a bit late. So uh, that was my fault. And I will try to not let that happen again. But we really appreciate the listen. Um, please do us a favor and support the people who support the show. Um, when you hear ads in the show, it's those are specifically products that Carolyn has endorsed personally through her own personal use. So you can trust, if you trust her, you can trust the products. So please uh, consider supporting people who support our show. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Great. And uh, we look forward to uh, catching up with everybody next week. Stay safe. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.